Hello, my name is Michelle Stith, and I'm the Director of Worship Services and Creative Arts here at Chatham Community Church. And I'm excited to be here with you today. I'll be talking about liturgy. I would like you to imagine for just a minute that you are going to an event, and when you get there, there's this big building, and you go to a certain place, and you park your car, and then you go inside, and there's all these people, and you go to sit down, and you have your own seat, and they have their own seat. Everybody's uh, together and invested in what's about to happen. In the event, you've got some special people, and they have certain kinds of clothes on, and... um, The people around you seem to know exactly what's going on. Uh, Occasionally they stand up, occasionally they sit down. Sometimes they have a chant, and sometimes they even burst into song. Sounds something like this. (laughs) That's right. You're at a Carolina basketball game. That can sound a little bit like church, can it? Anytime we get together as a community to celebrate, to uh, commemorate, um, to invest in something together, we very frequently have rituals that we put together in a certain order, and that provides a structure for how we relate to each other and to the event that we're investing our time in. Think about another situation where you're at home and you're around the table and you have a bunch of friends gathered and there's a special person sitting in a chair, and then we bring this delicious and beautiful confection in front of them and it's covered with beautifully lit candles. And we all know in just a minute, life is going to feel like a musical because we're all going to burst into song and we're all even going to know the words. We're singing happy birthday together. It's a day where we're celebrating uh, this person that we love and we all know the song and we sing happy birthday. And really, quite frankly, that happy birthday song that we all know and don't love has got to be one of the worst songs ever written. But here we are. We embrace it and we sing it. And you know why? Because the day isn't about the song. The day is about the person, the person that we're celebrating, the person that we love. And that's who we want to be thinking about and not arguing about a song and who's going to play what harmony and which song we're going to play. And so we have rituals for that reason. Life is pretty chaotic. It's confusing, and even sometimes it's dangerous, and people are the worst at communicating with each other. They have a lot of trouble settling things out, and if we don't have rituals to help us when we get together, um, we're just going to have a lot of chaos and anarchy, and so those rituals help settle a lot of confusions, a lot of anxieties, and they help us to dig deeply into what it is we're about to do. Liturgy is really the same kind of thing. What makes it special is that liturgy is this similar combination of lighting and speeches and song and even food, but it is all about celebrating God. And that is what distinguishes liturgy from the other things we do as a community. It's a celebration of God and who he is. You know, if you go to one of these parties or one of these events and you don't know how to behave and you don't know what to do, you're going to spend most of your time trying to figure out which way the wind is blowing. You're going to spend most of your time scrambling to fit in and to succeed in the social environment. Or if you're a little bit turned off by the whole thing because you're not comfortable, because you don't trust it, you're actually going to become like the person who's going to sit in the seat of the critic or the skeptic, and you're going to sit there and watch people and try to figure out who they are and what you think about them. Either way, you're not going to be living in the moment. You're not going to be experiencing deeply what you came to do. You're just really surviving this experience. 
And so one of the things about liturgy is that it helps us to get plugged in. It helps us to step into the moment. It helps us to know where we are, what we're here for, and what we're going to do when we get there. So as soon as you hear the Carolina Fight song, you know what that's all about. You know what many things inside your brain immediately click on. If you like sports at all, you're thinking about your favorite sports team, about your favorite players, about uh, some of your favorite experiences in the Deendom, if you've had the luck of being able to be there, not that I'm a Carolina grad or anything. Those are the kind of things that you think about. Maybe when you hear Christmas carols, you immediately think about Christmas, and these traditions help you get to that place much more quickly than if someone started to just describe it or tell you what it was they were trying to accomplish. So liturgy helps us out of that confusion, and um, it gives our bodies something to do. It appeals to our senses, so we're less distracted from our purpose while our hearts and minds can engage with God. So what does this liturgy look like? Well, there's a very broad expression of what liturgy looks like across churches. Um, Chatham Community Church has been exploring some ideas put forth by Gary Thomas about sacred pathways, which is different ways that we engage with God based a little bit more on our temperament. And a lot of times our churches reflect those different temperaments and the different ways that people engage with God. But Liturgy is more than just an expression of our temperaments because it's meant to be about God and not about ourselves. It's meant to help us to forget about ourselves and to enter in to the presence of God. And so these, however, the churches eventually start looking different ways about how they form up their liturgy and the expressions of it in the actual service. Uh, sometimes that looks like call and response, uh, songs, prayers. Sometimes the churches are very structured, and the structure of how they do worship is highly developed and um, is often an expression of continuity of what's been happening in the church for many hundreds of years. And it involves certain types of clothing that represents certain seasons of the church year. It involves a calendar that represents certain expressions of important moments in church history and in the story of life of Jesus. It often involves uh, symbols, lighting, incense. It can involve... uh, interactions between the people that are sitting in the pews. It can involve sacraments, which are specific rituals that Jesus gave us. It can involve preaching on the Bible, uh, reading of the word, silence, joy. It involves many things, water, oil, all parts of our senses and our spirit engaged in ways that will help us connect more deeply to God. So what does CCC's liturgy look like? Here at Chatham Community Church, we value highly creating a space where people who aren't necessarily comfortable in church can feel like they can connect. So we don't want it to feel too wildly different from our everyday life. We want it to feel close enough to something that you know so that you can step in and participate. You might think that we don't have any liturgy at all, but actually we have a pretty carefully structured template that we use on Thursday mornings. Uh, I meet with Jaime and Alex and our music minister, Maggie, and she and uh, the three of us together create a service for Sunday morning. But we don't start from scratch. We actually pull up a template that we've devised, and um, we follow it pretty closely unless we have an important 
um, and significant reason for deviating from it. So I'm just going to walk you through what that looks like so you get a sense of how we do liturgy here at Chatham Church. Uh, the first thing we do is have the call to worship song, which is kind of like the trumpet or maybe the dinner bell. It's calling everybody away from the tables with the coffee and um, away from the wonderful conversations you're having in the lobby and saying, hey, come over here. We're going to start our worship service and we're going to spend some time with each other worshiping God and learning more about him. We ask people to stand during that song, and we sing together. At Chatham Church, we really value people singing, and so everyone's encouraged to participate in that. Then, because we also really value relationship, we take a minute and ask people to turn to the person beside them and say hello, and get to know the people sitting beside you. You know, this is what's really different about church than maybe going to the Dean Dome, because even though that person beside you is as wildly rabid about Carolina as you are, at the end of the day, when you leave, you don't care if you ever see him again. But here at Chatham Church, we really do care about developing community, meaningful, lasting community. So we take a minute and we say hello to the person next to us. After that, we have some church announcements. This is where we share some information about important things that we're doing as a church, uh, directions that we're going, events that we're having. And then after that, we have a moment where we take a breath. The, the team that works together to create our worship services calls this mo- moment the worship focus. In the worship focus, we take a minute to peel away the layers of the practical realities of living and start getting in to the heart of why we're here on a Sunday morning. It might be just a brief comment about the song. It might be a, a reference to something that we shared as a community and experienced during the week. It might be something about the sermon series. And it might be um, a reference to the character and nature of God. And we talk about that for a minute to connect our personal lives and our community lives together and to move forward together into a relationship with God. And so at that time, we usually have a song. We usually have two songs here at this point in the service. The two songs at this point, uh, shout out to Maggie Walt. Uh, Stith, who uh, does a great job picking our music for us. She selects songs um, purposely at this point in the service that have something to do with who God is and his character and are often reflecting about the character of God that we are studying or about to study in the sermon. And so at this moment, we're not thinking about who we are is as much as thinking about who God is. And in emptying ourselves of ourselves, we can fill ourselves with who he is. So, for example, maybe we'll be talking about uh, the sovereignty of God in the sermon. So Maggie might choose a song that's um, uh, about the sovereignty of God, like The Great I Am, which is a song that sings about God's authority over this earth as well as the spiritual realm. And in singing that song, Uh, we'll be able to meditate on the character of God. And then uh, sometimes we'll have a prayer. Uh, Sometimes we just go right into the next song. We have some more exhortation during the song. Um, Usually we're standing while we're singing this. And when we finish, sometimes we finish with a prayer, sometimes a scripture, we sit down. And then our fantastic pastors come up, Jaime or Alex, at the different campuses, and they come up and give us a great sermon. And during the sermon... We have an opportunity to hear the Word of God, to hear how the Spirit has moved our pastors to preach on the Word of God, to learn more about the character of God and the nature of who He is, to learn more about His mission and what He 
the will that he wants to be fulfilled on this earth, right here in our own community, to hear more about who we are in God, in his presence, and to learn more about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to respond to that information. We usually, after that, move to another song, and oftentimes this song is a special music song. This song is usually about what that has meant, that sermon that we just heard, what that has meant for us personally. So this is where we move away from thinking just about the character of God alone and now thinking about the character of God in the context of who we are and what that calls up in us and what kind of response that calls up in us. We often have offering during this time, which is a time where we share our resources with the mission that God is is fulfilling here on the earth presently. And it's also time for us to submit our stuff to his sovereignty as well. And, um, After that's over, we have our final song, which is often a repeat of the first song because we love it when people sing and we want them to know the words and to be able to take those words out into their week and uh, remember these things that we have meditated on and prayed about and learned about God. We finally end up with a benediction from the pastor who prays a prayer over us to help fortify us to live in the world uh, faithfully to be light and salt, uh, to bring the gospel with joy and love and grace, and to help redeem our community. So liturgy is just this wonderful thing that helps bring structure to this moment where we can deeply connect with God and um, not be too concerned about all the other things. Otherwise, it would just end up being like a meeting or something. But at the same time, liturgy can ironically end up doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Since liturgy is spelled out in some ways, and a known thing in some ways, and if you've come for a while and you understand it, liturgy can end up being a screen for you. If um, you're not really engaged, but you want to be checking off the religious box, you can come in and participate and look really good and really not actually be engaging with God at all. So ironically, you end up in the same place that liturgy was trying to protect you from, which is scrambling to fit in, um, scrambling to succeed, or sitting in the position of the critic or the skeptic and just stepping back and looking and judging. It's strange that liturgy can achieve opposite um, ends and using the same means. I'm 52, hate to admit that, you know, publicly, but I am. And that means I've had 52 squared numbers of services that I had the opportunity to attend. I was raised in a a very pious, wonderful Catholic family, and I rarely missed church growing up. So I've been to probably over 2,500 church services. That's a lot of church services. You know what that means? There were a bunch of them where I really just phoned it in. I felt, of course, the pressure that many of us have felt to participate in church because our family is or because our culture does. And so we go, and um, maybe we're in a season of doubt, but we don't look like it because we have rituals to hide behind. We can get into the liturgy and follow uh, all the steps, go through the motions, And instead of it helping us to connect more deeply with God, sometimes we just hide behind it and actually it becomes a deterrent to us connecting with God. 
So that's something that we have to fight. The opposite can happen for sure. Sometimes when you're in a bad place or you're in a spiritual funk or a, a desert, you can come into church and the activity of doing this ritual in community with other people can actually pull you away from dark places and bring you into a place of light and joy. And that is the blessing of liturgy. But it can also be a temptation. And we always have to be engaged in a way to help us be authentic in um, our liturgy and our worship. So liturgy is an opportunity to connect deeply with God and each other, but it can also be a temptation to hide from God and to lie to each other. So what's important to help make this work well is that we want to bring liturgy into our daily life. Um, The reason that we're talking about this as we talk about On the Way with Jesus is because um, as you go through life, you can get so much more out of your Sunday morning experience if Sunday morning isn't the only time that you're engaging with God. Let's go back to the sports analogy. If you're not a fan yourself, if you've been invited to a game and you don't know the school and you don't know the rivals and you don't know the players and you don't know the fight song and you don't know the rules of the game and you don't know the playbook, you're very likely going to have a good time, but you're going to miss out on so much of what you could really be experiencing. And in many ways, you'll be missing out on the thing you're really there for. The same is true about your church experience. If you come in on Sunday morning and you haven't done any praying and you don't know anything about the Bible and you don't listen to worship music ever, you are going to hear about God. You're going to have an opportunity to connect to God. You're going to have an opportunity to connect with other people who love God, but you're going to be missing out on so much because the truth of the matter is God is God. He's the creator of the entire universe. He's the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. He's the one who created you at the same time. He calls himself your father. He calls you his child. He loves you and made you and knows every hair on your head. This is a really complex idea. This great, enormous God who knows every hair on my head and cares about me intimately. On top of that, generally speaking, he doesn't speak out loud and we can't see him. And so God is this being that is a little bit hard to access and have access to. And so if you never pray alone, it might be a little bit hard to pray with a group of people. If you're not praying with your family or with your friends ever during the week, it's really going to be weird to pray with them on a Sunday. If you're never listening to worship music, you might have a hard time singing along. You don't know the words. You don't know the tune. I mean, there are many worship songs. There are many, many worship songs that I don't know and have never heard. And I've been to many churches where I didn't know the worship music. But because I'm connected to worship music on a regular basis, I can still enter into those songs even when I don't know them. But if I've never heard any of them, it's hard. It's hard to feel comfortable singing along to music you're not familiar with, ideas you're not familiar with. So if you're not a Jesus fan right now, that's totally cool. Come and check it out. Come and see what it is we're doing. And come and study. Come and study the scripture. Come and study the church. Come and study our pastors. This is a community you're being invited to be a part of. That's just fantastic. We would love for you to study. 
At some point, though, we want you to take the leap. At some point, we want to trust. We need to trust the people that we're in community with and just go along for the ride and start paying attention and start participating. And when we do that, then we can fully and deeply connect with God and with each other. Then we're able to get so much more out of Sunday morning. And then we start creating this virtuous cycle where by connecting on Monday and Tuesday and maybe Thursday, by the time we get to Sunday, we're a little bit more ready to pray. We're a little bit more ready to hear about the word. We're a little bit more eager to sing joyfully. And then we get more out of it so that we're ready again on Monday to connect again. And this virtuous cycle feeds into itself so that we get more and more connected to God and to the people that we're in community with. And then liturgy has so much meaning for us and is such a blessing. At Chatham Church, we have a lot of resources to help us connect during the week between Sunday services so that we can do this, so that we can enter into this virtuous cycle. Uh, We have the Connect Devotional, which is a daily email you can get that's written by our pastors about what we're currently studying in the scripture. If you're not getting that, that's a great way to, to stay connected to what we're doing, to make it so that you can enter in more quickly into the liturgy on Sunday morning. We also have a shout out to Michael Gaffigan. Every Thursday, he posts two songs that we're going to be singing the, the coming Sunday. So you can go under resources on the website and click on music notes. And there it is. There's the songs we're going to be singing. You can listen to them. You can sing along. You can at least hear them so that when you come in on Sunday, it's not out of nowhere. And you actually are a little bit closer to being able to engage. We have this podcast. We have the sermons posted when if you can't, if you're going to miss a Sunday or if you want to hear that again, you can listen to them and you can watch some of them. It's a great way for you to stay connected. And then of course, there's many opportunities throughout the day where you can pray, pray by yourself, pray with your friends, pray with your family, read the scriptures. The more we do this, the easier it becomes, the more you become a true fan of Jesus and a true fan of your community. And together you can worship God. You can lean into the liturgy, lean into the structure that's there so that all you can do is spend all your energy and all your resources loving a God who already loves you so much. So now it's your turn. If you were going to plan a worship service, what would you put in it? I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at michelle at chathamchurch.org. And I'd love to know your thoughts on if you were going to create a liturgy, what would it look like? Thanks.